All right, we're live. This is the Coach Haas Podcast, sponsored by Sports Rehab PA. And tonight we're going Instagram live at the same time, so we're going to try it and see how that works, make sure I don't knock over the phone. Um, but down at the bottom here, I have my co-host, Dr. Mike St. George, up top. I have a strength coach on tonight, um, Mike Katz. But before we get into that and, and talking about you know uh, how he got into the industry and everything, uh, Mike, it's another Thursday night, baby, and we're trying something different. We're uh, we're Instagram live and at the same time. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna try to get all this good information out best we can. Yo, and and uh, I mean, listen, we have such a, a, an enormous audience. Um, I just want them to take notice to to the new backdrop, the new digs that that Dr. Mike has got going on here. Uh, I'm going to let him drop one sponsor after, well, hopefully a sponsor, maybe after, after this is over, uh, you can, you can go in there and start, uh, you know, at this one, at that one, I see banners hanging behind you. What do we got going on, Mike? So to get extra juicy. So, uh, it's PRX performance. Uh, these guys are awesome. They make the racks that, literally hang on the wall and then they fold out. So they uh, were famous on Shark Tank and they've been out for a number of years now, but obviously with COVID, big, big push um, with getting this stuff because people are converting their gyms, uh, their garages into gyms. And what's cool about it is everything goes on the wall and then you can pull the car in, it cleans up the garage and then when you want to work out, everything folds out. So it's all about space, you know, conservation of uh, all, you know, your, your tools and everything. So everything just goes right up against there. It's a nice clean look. Utilizing um, space. I love it. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't have to be in a garage. It could be anywhere, even in a gym. If you're, if you're crunched for space, you just find the studs, you hang it up. Um, and then it just pulls right out. And I have to say that in putting it together, the um, engineering behind it is, is really nice. You know, I mean, it's, it's not even a plug towards them. I mean, anyone who has this stuff will tell you, I mean, everyone's really had some great stuff to say about them and I've heard about them and now they actually have it. It's awesome, man. It's just, the engineering they put behind it is, is really cool. I, I can see why they just really have blown up, you know. Now, I'm assuming that that is a drywall behind you? Yeah, so, I mean, any garage has, you know, whatever, depending on, you know, the house when it was built, you know, it has the drywall, but you find the studs. So, everything is anchored into the studs. You use a stud finder or, depending on your house, everything will either be 16 inches or older houses, 24. Um, if you don't have that, spacing they have a thing where you can put a board that puts in and then you drill it into the board it's pretty cool they're always telling you to contact them and they'll find out ways to help you but this is easy 16 inch spacing you find it you drill it in you just need an impact driver level and they provide all the tools you need to put it together um you just need maybe a second hand to help put the rack up but everything else is simple i mean all the storage i mean you show you, you put all the things up on the wall there we got all the weights and storage on there, you know. Wow, look at this. Now, is there, do you want to do you want to throw a plug at the uh, the stud finder company as well? I mean, any any more plugs? <laughs> Home Depot, man, twenty five dollars. There you go. There you go. Again, if you're in a garage, you I can back. Them. I can back Mike's claim. I have a PRX rack myself. They are very good. They're very well designed. Nice. Uh, I, lo I love that they got you know the, the air pressure kind of situation to help you kind of put it up on the rack. Uh, so if, like somebody that's, you know, just getting into fitness, you could still put it up there. It's not really a big deal. Um, it kind of helps you put it up there. So you don't have to worry about like having enough strength of, 
to put it up there if you're a beginner. So I really appreciate that they have that set up. Uh, and Mike, I, I just got the rack and, and the plate racks, but you seem like you got all the accessories, man. Yeah, I mean, I kind of know at this point, like what I need. I've also accumulated some stuff over the years, but also Amazon, if anyone's looking, they have just type in garage hooks. They have some nice two prong ones that come out. They hold up to about 40 pounds. You drill those either into the stud or the drywall at the Molly. And I got extra stuff on there. I mean, I got, you know, some extra things hanging up, but um, even PRX sells some nice things to hang kettlebells on, um, weighted stuff. So it's, they, they're really hitting the mark with this, man. It's awesome. Dude, that's some good shit there. I like that. I like yeah. that setup. Yeah. He, yo, he, Mike, he, up top, we're going to call him Mike Katz. We'll, we'll say MSG. Yeah, let's go with, uh, let's go with MK and MSG. Yeah. So MSG has been, been at it for a while. I've, I've seen his, um, his arsenal and it's now it's now it's in full effect. So uh, I'll be interested to see some of the videos that come out of there, but before we get too far off track, I do want to introduce our guest. Uh, he goes by the name of Mike Katz, and he is owner of Mad Fit Golf. You can see that um, logo in the background there. He's a golf fitness pro, uh, nutritional coach as well. He's a strength, a strength coach, and um, I guess his motto is move better, feel better, play better. Mike, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, you got that right, man. That's my motto. I'm all about people uh, moving better, feeling better, you know, playing better, regardless of what that means to each individual. You know, that might mean, you know, playing better with your grandkids. You know, if you're, you know, an older adult and you're just kind of looking to move better, um, you know, get out of pain, feel better, uh, and then just kind of play better with your kids versus, you know, as you mentioned, you know, we have a golf situation kind of going on over here. If you're looking to improve your performance, all about that, regardless of if you're trying to get – fit for golf or fit for life. I pretty much try to serve, you know, any kind of population in that, in that vein, anybody that's looking like you kind of alluded to in the introduction, you know, move better, you know, feel better, play better. So yeah, I appreciate the introduction. appreciate you having me on the show. Awesome. Awesome, man. Good stuff. So Mike, I like to, you know, I'm always curious about how people get into the industry. So kind of take us back Tell me how you kind of got started in, in, in the field and, and up to where we are now. Yeah, so it's actually a pretty interesting story. Um, you know, I was always interested in, in health and wellness. I was always an athlete, you know, my whole life. And, you know, overall, I always wanted to help people regardless of, you know, what aspect that was. Um, so I initially, you know, started my journey with mental health. I was going to be either a psychologist or a psychiatrist. That was kind of something that's super interested you know, to me. Uh, and then also I had family members who were teachers. So that was something that was super important to me also. So I started off in psychology and education, you know, undergrad. Uh, and then I kind of, you know, started doing some training, you know, a little bit on the side, just helping people, helping friends. Uh, I was kind of uh, helping out the, you know, the basketball team at UMass, you know, so I got into like, you know, helping athletes a little bit, you know, through that. Uh, and then kind of, you know, as my, you know, life progressed, you know, I got more and more active with myself, my own weightlifting, my own sports. Um, but I ended up having a, you know, a pretty bad sports injury uh, that set me back a good bit. You know, a couple of years, honestly, um, you know, it was a pretty, uh, pretty serious situation, pretty like kind of dark time uh, in my life. Uh, but at that point, gave me an opportunity to think, gave me an opportunity to better myself, 
uh, give me an opportunity to learn. Um, that's kind of where I really where I rebuilt kind of my mission versus, versus the uh, the mental half aspect that I wanted to strive for uh, to kind of switch gears a little bit of helping people with their physical health. And then when I kind of came out the other side, um, you know, I kind of I kind of knew that I really wanted to help people, you know, in that physical side of health. Uh, so that's kind of the short story. Uh, had a couple other things that kind of happened in between there as well. Uh, when I got my you know, master's in, you know, health science, kinesiology. I also did uh, education there as well, uh, teaching, you know, health at like the middle school, like high school level. Um, but at that point, I was super burned out. You know, I was, I was doing, you know, I was working, I was studying, uh, you know, when finals came around, I pretty much told myself that I was, I was going to move away uh, to your dream spot, Joe. I was going to go to Florida, man. <laughs> Um, so, don't you know, say, that, miles, don't say uh, that too loud. I don't want Mike to hear that. Yeah. All right. Shh. Um, but, um, yeah, man, I was doing, like I said, all my health, you know, health science classes. And then I was also teaching, uh, at these schools, you know, on the side as well. And, you know, once, you know, practicals and finals came out, I just got super overwhelmed and I wanted to go to that like slower, like more relaxed lifestyle. Right. So I told myself once I got my, you know, graduate degree, I was going to take a little bit of time, uh, move down to Florida for a little bit. Uh, only thought that it was going to be maybe a year or two. Uh, ended up being a heck of a lot longer. Um, but, um, you know, once I got down there, you know, I didn't have any, I didn't have any, you know, job prospects or anything like that. It was just, it was just time to grind. Uh, so I started off at a, at a gym and I, all I did basically was we cleaned the place, you know, o opened in the morning, early in the morning, you know, closed at night. Um, you know, continued, continued studying, you know, shadowing and kind of working on my craft. Um, you know, at that point, uh, I just built myself up from there and, you know, got an opportunity there and ended up working myself up to the, you know, the top trainer in the facility. Um, but that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the long and short of, you know, how I kind of got started in the industry, but it, the catalyst really was, you know, was my injury and, and realizing that I wanted to help other people, um, you know, not, have these injuries and help them out of pain and you know the experience that I had anything that I can do to kind of lessen that that's amazing that's you know what and, it, and it's that's where I see a lot of the, especially you know in, in the rehab setting where you know somebody becomes a physical therapist or a train it's it's typically either somebody that's been hurt and they see the light through fitness or it's somebody that was overweight and they've been able to transform their body and they realize how interesting science is and they become a trainer, you know? So to me, it's, it's always intriguing to find out how people kind of get to, you know, where they are now. And, you know, so I'm assuming that golf, that part of it kind of came around since you were in Florida. Yeah, that's actually a big part of it. You know, I, I, I golfed from a young age, you know, I, I, you know, my dad taught me how to play and we always had a good time playing together, but I, I fell out of it a little bit, not only with the injury, um, but also with, you know, just going away, um, you know, focusing on my studies and, and so on and so forth. But yeah, going to Florida and actually meeting some friends that were, you know, into golf and playing socially. Uh, and then obviously being around a lot of golfers, you know, in, in, you know, our craft as well. A lot of people kind of flock down there uh, to golf. That really, that really pulled me back in, you know, into the game. Uh, and then when I started training more and more golfers, you know, my interest, you know, grew. And that's when I kind of, you know, realized that it was time to, 
to kind of ramp up the educational, you know, opportunities within myself and kind of get educated on how best to, to train these golfers. And that's when I kind of, you know, fell into the Titleist Performance Institute. Okay. Now, I mean, obviously down there, the other, I mean, golf is rotational. So you have two other major sports that, that are down there that seem to be year round with tennis and baseball. Yep. Do, do you do a lot with tennis and baseball as well, or is it just mainly golf? I do do a little bit of stuff with, uh, with, uh, tennis players, uh, but you know, more baseball actually surprisingly. So I do have, you know, some baseball players that I'm working with right now, not just hitters, but you know, pitchers. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's really interesting. The connection between the three sports that you mentioned, because TPI actually has like brother sister companies that they, they work with, you know, with baseball, it's, it's on base university. And, um, you know, with, uh, with tennis, it's racket fit. Um, so there's a lot of similarities and differences, um, obviously between the, the swings of each particular sport. Uh, but yeah, I do work with pretty much any rotary athletes. So people come to me, not just baseball players or, you know, tennis players or, you know, golfers, but also hockey players and, you know, so on and so forth. So pretty much any rotary athlete, um, you know, they can, they can come to my, you know, training facility. Nice, nice. Mike, I know you're dying down there. I, I jump in, I ask a lot of questions in the beginning, but go ahead, Mike, what do you got? So, uh, Mike, I know you talked about, you do like to do a lot of stuff with um, like the older population. So active adult, um, even geriatric that still want to be active. Uh, talk a little bit about that, what you're doing with that patient population, because uh you know, from my perspective as a PT, when I'm done with these patients, um, my goal is to obviously have them continue on a program. And the problem is, is when they're done with therapy, they go home and they, they fall off. Some are good. They'll do their exercises, but some just need that structure. They need something to pull them out of the house to do the stuff. Um, you know, and it's just hard because they'll fall off, you know, and they do well, they do well. And then it's like, okay, where do you go? A lot of these, um, you know, we say active adult, we say like 45 and up and even into like 60s, 70s, majority of them, you know, they're not going to go to like an LA fitness or, you know, an intimidating gym where you're going to be in with a crowd of people that, you know, uh, are going to be having different goals. You're going to get some bodybuilders in there, some power lifters, you know, some morons, meatheads, you know, you get that mix. Or even if you go to another gym like Planet Fitness and stuff, um, some of these gyms provide an environment for people to do stuff maybe at a cheap price, but there's no one there really holding them accountable, pushing them. So when someone like you comes along, it's great to say, hey, you're done with your PT. We need to get you to the next level to continue on some type of fitness program so you don't regress. You know, here's a guy to go to. So you can talk about a little bit what you do with that population. Yeah, Mike, I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's extremely important. I know, you know, Joe, you know, kind of brought up how being in Florida, I was around a lot of golfers. I was around a lot of tennis players. I was around a lot of baseball players. It's also around a lot of older adults, you know, like you just brought that up. You know, there's a lot of people that are retiring down there. There's a very big older adult population. And that was one of my things that was that was really in my wheelhouse. I started very young, um, you know, working with the older population uh, you know, my mom actually has a nonprofit organization. It's called Senior Adults for Greater Education. Uh, so I've been I've been helping you know with that kind of stuff for 15 years. 
Um, you know, it's a really, really great organization. It's about bringing seniors into schools. So that way the seniors can help tutor the kids. And then the kids can actually help the seniors with stuff like technology, helping them with computers. So I had, you know, a lot of interactions, not just with my grandparents, who I was very close with, but with older adults, you know, from the time that I was even like just at the end of being a teenager. Um, and it was always something that I really, really enjoyed. And I always enjoyed kind of sucking up that wisdom. And I always like felt comfortable um, you know, around that older adult population. So when I was in Florida and I was training at that first gym that I was talking about, uh, where I kind of built myself up from the ground up there, uh, that was one of the populations that I really, you know, ended up trending towards. Uh, and they found, you know, they really took a liking to me and they actually, you know, would, would spread the word, you know, hey, you, you got to go see Mike. And I'm not a doctor by any means, but for whatever reason, they started calling me Dr. Back. Uh, mm -hmm. I, had I had helped this like this handful of, uh, you know, people over there at this gym that were like close knit community. And I helped, you know, them get out of back pain and then kind of word spread um, that this guy can kind of help you feel better. Um, you know, and that really helped build my business. But, you know, more so I just got enjoyment out of helping these people. I really, really, really got a lot of satisfaction out of somebody came to me and, Hey, I've been to this person. I've been to that person. I've been all over, you know, my chiropractor didn't help me. So on and so forth. Um, you know, you know, is there anything that I, you know, that I could do and helping them kind of come out the other side. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I just was something that really, really, you know, spoke to me. Um, so that's something that I really focus on, uh, as kind of, you know, time went on, I really developed a really good professional network, uh, of what you're kind of alluding to, because I saw this huge gap. I had so many people coming to me and saying, Hey, you know, I've, I've tried going to doctors and, 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 you know, it's not helping. Uh, you know, I've tried seeing personal trainers and it's not helping. And I saw this disconnect. I saw this gap, um, between, you know, them going to their treatment or them going to their orthopedic or them going to their surgery or them going to, and then them jumping right back into exercise. Um, and I started aligning myself with, you know, various professionals um, that I trusted that, you know, that were speaking my language that I, that I felt confidence in and that I can help bridge that gap. Uh, just exactly like what you were just talking about. Hey, I'm done with this person. I got them to a point where they return to normal activities, but I don't want them to just jump right back into CrossFit or jump right back into an LA fitness and just go back into their old routine that got them injured in the first place. Or I don't want them to just, you know, give them to any Joe Schmo, you know, bodybuilder trainer that just going to train the same way that he trains himself. Um, so, I mean, I think that there was that opportunity there and there was that gap that needed to be filled. And I just tried to bring those two sides a little bit closer together. Um, just think it's so important, not only just for the injured population, like you were talking about, but just the older adults too. And to kind of talk a little bit about what that looks like. It's not all injury based. I try to, you know, build some strength with these people that they're going to be able to utilize, you know, for everyday tasks, for everyday life, you know, that way when their, their muscle starts to deteriorate or they have some atrophy or they're start losing some range of motion, they could still function. They could still do the things they want to do. Balance is a huge, huge part of that. It's a huge, huge part about what I do with these older adults is making sure that they don't have, you know, a slip and fall accident, that they don't have anything that kind of really, you know, takes them down for the count. Hip injuries are ridiculous. You know, the amount of, you know, people that not only die from these injuries, but, you know, are extremely limited, 
you know, for years, years after, and then just have a slowly deteriorating quality of life. So um, big part about what I do. And like I said, I started early in my career, you know, at that initial gym, you know, just, just based off of, you know, my enjoyment of, you know, these people's company about, you know, feeling like I could really make a difference more so with them than just with the average person who had some money. Uh, and then just like the satisfaction of, of either helping them out of pain or helping them, you know, extend their activity, you know, I had people that were not even active at all. Uh, and then they were started going to like group classes and like, you know, it's just like super rewarding, not just working with the people, the 45 plus that you were kind of talking about, but the people in their 60s, 70s, 80s, I had people in their 90s. Um, so I feel like I've kind of talked, talked enough about, about that. I'll let you guys kind of have some some airtime. Yeah, there. I mean, listen, uh, my, uh, I'm intrigued by the older population for the simple fact that just being around older adults, I find that for the most part, you just learn, right? You're learning from them. Um, maybe you're, you're listening to, you know, some of the things that they maybe had regrets about, things like that. What are some things that you can remember uh, firsthand that some lessons learned from from working with the older population? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, so there was actually a quote and it's gonna, it's gonna bother me if I don't get it. Um, so yeah, so there's this person that I was working with uh, and she was in her nineties um, and it was actually not her, it was her husband um, that had this quote that stuck with me. Um, so we're just gonna call her M. Um, so M, you know, basically uh, had a had a medical situation where she she was down for the count. Even while she was in the hospital, she also developed pneumonia. Uh, she was in there for a long period of time. Um, basically, by the time she came out of the hospital, she couldn't she couldn't walk. She she lost her ability to walk. Um, so we worked tirelessly together to get her back walking again. Um, and you know the the quote that you know, that he has said that was, that was awesome. Cause every single time I would work with her, he would always like be watching from afar. He was an active guy, um, but he was actually a hundred. Um, and he was always wow. like, he was always like staying active and he would like watch her with such pride, man. That's going to be, he'd be me, like, right? watch it. Yeah. He'd be watching, he'd be watching her. Exactly. Exactly. You're going to get there. Um, but uh, he would be watching her from the other side of the gym. And like, yeah, I'd see him like, just like the beamy smile on his face as he saw her like making these improvements, making these improvements. Uh, and I would come up to him and, you know, have a conversation with him. And he was always like the cheeriest guy. Uh, and he was just talking to me about his workout routine. Right. So we started getting a good conversation. He said, Hey man, I figure if I come in here and if I do this every day, if I'm consistent and I do this every day, then I'll be able to do it every day. <laughs> and and I just thought that was so cool, and I just I figured that was it was like a Yogi Berraism there, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like it was like I felt like it was like so like simple but so wise. He's just yeah. like yeah, like I'm not gonna lose my ability to do stuff if I do it every day. I'll be able to do it every day. Um, so just like you know, just like that really stuck with me when he said that to me, and and I use that. Like if people are come to me and they're like. You know, more on the younger side, and they'll be like, you know, I know I'm 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 60. You know, do you think I could? You think I could? You know, build some strength? Like, do you think I could do this, or is it too late? You know, or you know, or something like that. Or if they're going through a workout and they don't feel like they can, you know, 
you know, maintain, I don't know if I'll be able to work out in a couple of days. And I'm just like, Hey, listen, let me tell you a story about this guy. Um, you know, pull it out out of my pocket when I need it, you know, but uh, the first time I decided to not work out, I want you to make that phone call to me and be like, dude, I thought you wanted to be the first centurion pickleball champion of Florida. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. You do, man. You do. I know you want to get down there and you want to dominate. Well, I said 55 will be my first goal, but I definitely will have to put the uh, the Centurion uh, Pickleball Champion down as my my second goal. Well, my third, because I got to get there first. But that's that's for another time. Mike, what do you got down there? You're, you're just itching, he's scratching his chin, he's thinking, he's ready to go. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of more um, biohacks coming out now about uh, – it's funny, by optimization, which ironically, one of the uh, masszymes and the probiotic by optimizers. Yes, but, throw a plug out to them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Lifesaver. Lifesaver. Anders, Varner. <laughs> yeah. They, um, it's, uh, there's more information coming out about, you know, how can we improve, improve our health? And I had this conversation with a lot of you know, uh, my patients of all ages, um, really about, um, you know, so how can we, how can we make life better for ourselves? And, you know, we have all this information out there. How do we find out what's, what's real, what's true? Cause there's all this stuff coming out, different angles. You know, we talk about this frequently, but, uh, you know, a big thing of all the populations is that especially we've seen a big shift, you know, we can't deny what has happened over the past year with, with the whole COVID thing. The COVID has really exposed, the uh, level of deconditioning and poor health in our country. And it's, um, it's probably a sensitive subject for some people to talk about, but we have to talk about it. And I think that primary care physicians um, and any other you know, medical pr- pr- profession, um, you know, we have that obligation to talk about it with our patients or clients, um, but they shouldn't, you know, uh, physicians, medical physicians shouldn't be the only one having this conversation, you know, as, PT, strength coaches, you're seeing people multiple times a day. And, you know, sometimes when I'm working with a patient and I say it's progress, no time, they'll say, uh, well, let me see what the doctor says. And, you know, it's no disrespect to the doctor, but it's, what do you really think they're going to say? That's like, you know, you go out on a date with somebody one time, cool, that you get to know them. Then you go out and you're dating somebody for three months that person says, hey, I'm looking to take it to the next level. Let's continue. You say to that person, you know what? I want to see what that person I went with on the first date has to say. It doesn't make sense. Why would you say that? You've developed a relationship with somebody and you're working with them two, three times a week. You see how they move. You understand what's going on. You know the things going on in their life. What do you think somebody who hasn't seen you in four weeks is going to say when you just pop in on their caseload? And, you know, so the mindset of people really has to change. So I think that we as that profession professionals in the healthcare industry have to be able to get up on that, that soapbox a little bit and educate people about putting the value of their health. And this is elderly, this is high school kids, college kids, and getting them to understand that, you know, the health and fitness is um, it's more than just, you know, the, the media push bullshit, you know, the, you know, the, the stuff they use to the market, everything's about looks and, and, and you know, uh, yeah, everything is appeal and everything that fitness 
is important towards human function and our longevity. You know, um, during the whole COVID thing, no one ever talked about ways of stress relief. And people started realizing, I got to get out of the house. So you see the local parks, it was like a madhouse of people walking like nut jobs. And I'm like, someone like me comes running by and they look at me like I'm a freaking lunatic. And I get when you train for OCR, you're like a lunatic, but this isn't rocket science. Like we've gotten so far away from understanding what fitness is. It's like, now you're coming out to the park and you're like, wow, there's a whole world out here. And it's like, it shouldn't take a pandemic for people to realize you have to go and do that. And what I'm seeing in a lot of my clientele is I have, you know, especially elderly patients who maybe don't exercise all the time, but they do something like walking, you know, maybe they go shopping, they're active, they go grandkids. They're not doing that. They're at home and they're bottled up or maybe they're scared. They're scared of it still. And they're sitting and like, Oh, I like to read or I go for a walk. And I'm like, they go for maybe one, like 20 minute walk. But I'm like the amount of time you're sitting in your chair, reading, you're sitting, watching TV, you're just lounging around, you're sewing, knitting, doing whatever those body positions are outweighing the activity level. And when I'm telling you to do exercises, they're like, Oh, I do it once a day, once a day of 15 reps of some back extensions or core exercises is not going to outweigh the amount of hours that your tissues on the stress of sitting in your rocking chair or your lounger, sewing, doing this, it's just not, we have to balance that out. So these people, if they're not going to go outside, they got to exercise do it four times a day. You know, every couple hours, get up and do those exercises, do more reps, do more sets. And we have to have that conversation and people having to understand the importance of this, that this is for body function. Like I saw a very interesting thing that someone else who brought on a podcast back, he told me about, it's called Z Health. Um, follow them on Instagram and they post some really cool research-based stuff, um, kind of like how the whoop strap does. And they posted something interesting on a study that was done where they looked at inactivity and brain activity and deconditioning. So within 48 hours of inactivity, the body will decondition a certain amount and the brain to muscle message deteriorates by X amount. So you compound that over days, over weeks and everything, that amount of deconditioning really starts to take a toll. And they did a, a, um, a trial where they actually casted an individual who was healthy, no problem, but just to see, and the brain tries to send a message to that body part and, you know, this is muscle contractions. Eventually, it doesn't get a response. It gives up on it because your body's all about preservation, which is why we atrophy and all that at the surgery being cast because your body is going to use the energy towards what it needs. So if you're sitting on the couch all the time, your body thinks, I, you know, I don't need to use this. This is what I'm doing. Okay, we're not going to put energy there. This is the baseline. So this is why we get people who want to come golfing, you know, Mike, and they want to go do 18 holes, but I have them on the table, lift your butt up 15 times. They're getting cramps, they're fatigued, they're out of breath. How are you going to golf 18 holes when you can't lift your butt up off the table 15 times, you know? So this is how far we've gotten from the health and fitness. And we really need to start having these conversations with people, getting them to understand the importance of, of the exercise, you know, and being active. Now, I mean, listen, this can go down an entire rabbit hole of things, but what the hell? I mean, that's what we're here for, right? So my question then, well, not question, but I'm, I'm just kind of spitballing here a little bit. Mike worked in Florida and uh, obviously, you know, working with that older population. Um, you're outside more, right? Why? Because the weather's nice. 
Uh, listen, I'm going to just come out and say it right now. I, I believe that, you know, over the years, I have seasonal depression of some sort. I know that the, I know it's kind of like a, a thing, maybe circadian rhythms, not really sure, but I don't think that that helps us up here in the northern northern states anyway when it comes to that winter time and where that inactivity comes from. So both of you, I guess this question goes out to both of you. How does in the older population, how do they how are they able to stay motivated? When I'm I'm 47, you know, and on days when it's really cold and I'm I'm stuck, like I don't want to really do things. So how do you combat that? And yeah. you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good question. I, I think one of the things that kind of Mike uh, MSG just brought up there uh, is just kind of getting up, you know, just getting out of your chair. And you certainly don't need to go outside to do that. You can even set an alarm on your phone. Uh, something just to, you know, I, I got I to gotta watch and it just tells me, hey, it's time to get moving. Even if I've been sitting, you know, just like doing my programming or working on, you know, a project or something like that. All right, it's time to get moving. Uh, you know, get up, walk around. Exactly. Do what you just did. Do, you know, do, do some stretches, any kind of thing to kind of combat that. Uh, like just like Mike said, you know, you can't expect to just jump out and go golf 18 holes or, or whatever it is that you want to do, you know, for multiple hours. You know, if you're just only sitting in one place all the time, you can't go from zero to 100. Um, you know, that's when your body gets pretty angry at you. you know I mean, I, I, as much as I applaud the people that, that go out there and they, and they play the 18 holes, I'm not going to say anything against them because they're doing something. They're doing something active. And, I, you know, and I applaud that. Uh, but you have to build up to that and you have to know that you have to prepare your body for that. You got to get there early to warm up for that. You know, you have to make sure that the days prior that you're, you know, taking care of that and getting the active, you know, recovery that you need, because this is a big bout for you, you know, in comparison to somebody else. Um, so back to your original point, Joe, of how do you motivate somebody to do that? I think it all really depends on what it is that they're dealing with. Are they dealing with a lack of motivation in general? Are they having that seasonal affective disorder? you know, that, you know, that you're kind of alluding to, which I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, is it an issue of, you know, just the weather or is it a COVID related issue? So I think all of those, are, you know, can be different, different answers to different questions. Um, you know, if somebody is a little bit too scared, you know, based off of the pandemic, that might be a different answer than somebody is like, oh, I'm just sad. Right. right. Um, so um, Mike, do yeah. you give your, your clients stuff to do at home and, um, obviously it would depend on, you know, on their goals and stuff, but like what type of stuff will you implement at home for them to ensure, you know, compliance, things to do, you know, like, what, what do you do with that? How's your strategy with that? Yeah. So I give them, um, I don't want to say simple stuff, but I give them simple stuff, um, stuff that they can, you know, they can easily implement with very minimal tools. A lot of the stuff that I give them comes from FMS, which you're very familiar with, you know, it comes from like the functional movement systems and it could be a computer printout or it could be something that I've particularly designed for them based off their screen. Um, but I do give them some stuff to kind of go off of on a regular basis that they can just, <clears throat> excuse me, that they could just keep up with their, with their general body movement and making sure that their body is just moving well. Um, so a lot of that stuff could be either mobility work. It could be core work. It just could be like motor control things. Uh, it could be a number of different things. Balance is a big one. Um, but that kind of stuff, stuff that's not going to crush them, you know, that way when I come into gym, 
you know, they're ready to go. They're ready to rock and roll. Um, you know, there, there could be some things that I see in our particular workouts and their particular programming that I'm not happy with things that they're not, you know, doing really well. I might assign them something like, like that, you know, for homework. Hey, I didn't really like the way that we, you know, did this movement. I think you could do a lot better. I want you to go home and practice this in the mirror, you know, something, something of that nature where I know that I've already coached them up on it and I feel confident that they know the cues and they know what it is that I'm looking for. Uh, so those are kinds of the things that I'll give somebody for homework, usually something that we've already been over inside the studio or something that I've, you know, gone over them with them as homework previously at the, at the beginning of the assessment or at the midpoint. Now I heard you have some pretty cool equipment over there. Um, you want to talk about some of the cool things you have to help, uh, you know, do what you got to do with your clients. Yeah, no, I mean, I do have a lot of good equipment over here. I, I really take, you know, pride in making sure I, you know, get the, the best of the best, you know, things for my clients. Um, that being said, you know, I feel like I could, you know, work somebody out very efficiently with a rock or with nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do, uh, I they, with the amount of, you know, equipment that I have in here, the amount of times that I just find myself working with body weight, um, you know, it's, it's just unbelievable. Uh, and then like, I look around for a minute and be like, what do I have all this stuff for? Ah. But, uh, um, but you know, at the same time, yeah, I do have a lot of great, great stuff in here. Um, I do have one of the, you know, tools that you're super, you know, a fan of, I've seen you do some videos like with the inertia wave, yeah. um, you know, I like, I like that stuff. I have, uh, I have a couple of those in here. Um, but just looking around the room right now, I'm in the studio. I got a whole bunch of med balls here. Uh, I've got a couple sets of power blocks, a couple, uh, you know, sets of yoga blocks, bands, uh, squat rack, PRX, another plug there. Uh, got a squat rack, plenty of plates. Uh, got a skier, you know, in the corner nice. there. Uh, got some uh, slam balls, a whole rack of kettlebells. Um, we have some balance tools over there. Got, got a BOSU, got some stroops. Um, cut me off if there's anything that, you know, you think well, I did, I, not be familiar with. This is, I, I wanted to jump in. I know that um, most people don't know this, but usually Mike and I do the show every Thursday. However, there was no posting last week because my Wi-Fi wasn't working. Imagine that, Mike. So Mike and I and Mike had a conversation for about an hour on the phone. We were on a three-way call. Um, and there was something that I, all that equipment that you're talking about is amazing, but there was, I think Mike was trying to, yeah, I was getting to that. I know exactly what he's yeah. going for there. Yeah. I'm getting around to it. Um, but um, I think what he's, uh, what he's kind of alluding to is a, is a particular balance system um, that I, that I use with, uh, with a client of yours. Is that right, Mike? Yeah. Mike and I share a mutual client. We'll call her P money. Um, she actually said, yeah, you guys can talk about me on the podcast. We'll still keep her name confidential, but, uh, she'll be a really good case to talk about when we're done, but yeah, go ahead and talk about what you're doing with her. Yeah, no. So for, uh, for not just P money, but just for, you know, clients in general, um, one, one thing that I, that I like to do, um, you know, at kind of like the onset of, of my sessions, uh, is I like to do something, you know, for awareness, you know, and it could be a number of different things. It could be a motor control drill. It could be a body weight drill that I was kind of alluding to earlier. Um, you know, it could be a balanced situation. In this case, it is a balanced situation. So I have a, a, a pad and it's connected to this app 
um, plug out to, uh, to Bobo. Uh, so the company is called Bobo and uh, they have a pretty cool interactive app uh, and it comes with uh, this big disc and you can put it on top of any kind of balance tool, you know, whatsoever. And what it does is it kind of gives you some generic, um, you know, immediate feedback about where you're, you know, having your pressure. Um, so you can kind of tell if you're, you know, leaning more on your heels, more in the balls of your feet, more on the outside. Um, you know, pressure mats, those kinds of things are super popular. Um, but what kind of attracted me to this was the, the feedback and the way that they integrate it in an interactive way. So I got on the phone with these guys and I saw them and I just want to make sure it wasn't just like another, you know, niche product and it wasn't just like another, you know, fat or the, that kind of thing. I want to make sure these guys had their, you know, their head on their shoulders. I had a good conversation with them. Uh, and we talked for, you know, quite a while and, and they actually have their head in a lot of um, um, physical therapy stuff. They, they, they have um, these bands that they actually have that you can do similar things, you know, to the actual balance tool that they have. They can actually put a strap on. And I know, Mike, you and I had this conversation about maybe a competitor that does a similar thing, but they can, for example, they could put a strap on your wrist and then you can be doing like shoulder circles of some kind yeah. and you can figure out exactly how much you know rotation you're getting here and you could throw different challenges at them you could have them move around a particular object and you can track you know where they are in space um, so it's a pretty it's a pretty cool and it's a pretty um, in-depth piece of software and they have different levels to it you can get like the home version which is what I started with because I wanted to make sure that I liked it and I you know I believed in the product uh, and then there's the professional version as well uh, which I'll be getting in the future uh, and it also includes that, that strap that you can use for various parts of your body. Um, but the actual home unit um, is also pretty cool. And in itself, they have games plugged in, uh, which really gives uh, really good feedback to like where they, where they are. And you can track progress. It gives you actually scores and percentages. Um, has you challenge yourself with two-legged stuff. If you're more advanced, you can go, you know, and do some, some single leg stuff. I, I try not to build people up to that, you know, too quickly, you know, I want to make sure everyone has the basics down, make sure you can actually stand on one foot on the ground, you know, for, you know, more than 10, 15 seconds before I'm going to put you on any kind of unstable surface of any kind. So I really work on the, you know, the basics of balance, which, you know, pen, you know P money, uh, you know, and I have really, you know, solidified. Uh, and then I'll put them on something like that where they can actually have some fun and people really get a lot of enjoyment out of it. You know, even, even like the adult, you know, older adult population that we were kind of alluding to earlier, as long as I put them through the prerequisites and I put them through the balance system that I believe in, um, then I can, I can put them on there, you know, with confidence uh, and then they can have some fun and, and people really like to do the balance work. They really get a lot of joy out of it. They connect with it. Um, and they just, they just get a lot of, um, you know, positive, kind of positive, positive feelings about it. Um, but I think it's really kind of, kind of important to, you know, just from a training perspective to just get their, their nervous system firing, get their brain on, um, and just like actually, you know, be awake and be present in the moment. So that way, when it is time to lift some weights, they're ready, they're primed, they're ready to go. Um, so that's why I find it's, it's a good kind of prime, you know, for our, for our sessions. Yeah, so P Money is a great case. I told her she didn't behave. We're gonna talk trash about her on the podcast. So um, she is uh, a very, you know, she's definitely very motivated. But this is an individual came in with a long um, history um, with her body part that was affected, and it was just a lot of 
um, you know, it started off a lot of hypomobility and it was due to compensation from just, uh, you know, um, you know, doing CrossFit, doing a lot of repetitive motions. And, you know, that's a common thing that had happened with CrossFit and not just even blame them, but just the functional fitness, high intensity stuff. We want to encourage people to be active, but they get involved in those programs and they do all that stuff and they build the stress up in their body and they don't do the maintenance to, to get it out of there. So, you know, you go from doing like box jumps and kettlebell swings and high intensity stuff, um, hammering it like 20 minutes, you know, CrossFit is infamous for doing hard grind workouts like that. Uh, and, then, and then, you know, you go home and, and there's no stretching after, there's no regaining mobility. So the body adapts to that position. And if there is instability, you know, your body will take that motion and create stability there. So if you're only stable within those first five degrees of dorsiflexion or a certain amount of knee flexion, that's what your body's going to go to to generate stability for the forces and the tasks you're asking to do. So it's developed over time. And, you know, she um, did basically a lot of damage to the body part. She had to go have surgery. And I actually sent her to some specialists out in media, some uh, guys that I used to work with when I was at in the media clinic. And, uh, you know, they did a good job in coming back in. But, um, you know, she uh, really needed kind of a little bit of a kick in the ass because she wasn't really doing exactly what she should have been doing. She, uh, you know, would kind of escape me and Mike and going down to the shore and do what she would want to do and not following up. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing walking. I'm doing this. And I'm like, but you're walking with the leg out. We're compensating. We're not hitting those ranges. So she would come <clears> in. The non-compliant athlete. I've never heard of one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I would have to beat her up and, and, and tell her, you know, you got to keep doing this, keep doing this. Mike would do the same thing, keep reinforcing. And it's one of those things where we get, you know, people that think they're doing the right stuff, but they're not. And it's like, yes, you're walking, but look at how you're walking. And yes, you know, you're doing a lot of this, but this is why it's hurting because your, your leg is in this position and you're putting extra stress on it and you're thinking you're active, but you're compensating. So now we got to revisit the basics and we got to keep working at it. And it's discouraging because when you're dealing with pain and dysfunction, then we try to rehab it and it's not getting there. And then you decide to have surgery. Now we got to have the surgery. So you have the pain from the surgery and all that. And then we got to have the pain and dysfunction from that and rehabbing. So it's like pre-surgery, surgery, post-surgery, it's a long road and it gets to be mentally taxing. But when you keep hammering it and you keep practicing, you start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel you know, um, we can start making some progress there. So she's an individual who will not be doing box jumps anymore. We'll probably not be doing any running, but there's other great sources. There is biking, spin bike, even a salt bike, ski erg, doing, you know, high intensity. Swimming. Yeah, swimming. Oh, yeah. Stuff like what you would do at Mike. I mean, you could do high intensity circuits. You could do kettlebell swings, goblet squats. You could do all this stuff and you do it at a faster rate. So this kind of circles back to what we give people to do at home. Same thing. I even tell the high school athletes, you know, who, um, when am I going to find time to do this? Dude, you only need 30 minutes to do something. I give you a ton of shit to do in 30 minutes. And it's amazing what you could accomplish. Let's get off the phone. Let's get a clock and let's keep the rest breaks to a minimum. I guarantee you, I can get you to do five, six exercises in that time, or you can keep it simple at three exercises. And we could do an AMRAP, one every minute on the minute, and I could totally tax your anaerobic capacity, tax those muscles, and you did all this stuff in 30 minutes. You accomplished a lot, more than you would have done going to the training room, just walking around with your girlfriends or your boys, 
Instagramming and, and bullshitting, you know, five minute rest break in between. There's no stimulus. So that's what I'm trying to get people to understand. Um, the same thing with the older population, like get up and do 20 minutes or something. Let's do, you know, 15 sit to stands. Then let's do some furniture slider lunges. Let's do some single leg balance. Let's do three rounds of that quick workout. There we go. You're done. We got something in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I think it's funny that you said got something in because I do the same thing here. I, I have these little sessions, these little 40 minute sessions. I call them get in, get out, get results. Uh, and it's the same, thing, same thing that you just said, you know, it's just like you got it. You got to do it. You got to put it in. You got to minimize those rest times and you just got to get all all the exercise in that you can. You got to get it in. Listen, so I, love that, I love that you phrased it like that. Yeah. I mean, a big marketing thing, you know, talking about this on other podcasts is, you know, how are we able to get the fitness in, especially, uh, you know, um, when you have a family, you have kids, you have a job, you know, where are you going? I mean, the days of going to the gym and doing these two hour grinds, they're not happening unless you're really serious about doing a powerlifting comp or a bodybuilding comp. You have to put that volume in because that is what the sport demands. And that's part of it. That's a sacrifice. But as you get more responsibility on your plate, it gets harder to do that. So we start looking at how do we maintain fitness and then also still look good. A big concern. A lot of people is they want to look good. How many, how many older, especially women, they're most famous. They come in. How do I get rid of the arm wave? I want to get rid of the flat. How do I, I want to wear short sleeve shirts in the summer and I want to wave and not have a second wave. And These I are my wings. I'm flying help. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's like, you know, they want to still look good too. So how do we accomplish that? So you look at, even, you know, an example with me, I use this all the time, even for training for, for OCR, you know, a lot of these workouts that you're doing, a lot of the work is done in 30 to 40 minutes, um, you know, and even some of the lift sessions, you know, we're in and out, you know, maybe an hour at most, but this is not, you know, we're looking at efficiencies or how are we hitting the mark and doing this and trying to get people to understand that when you're starting to do these things and the heart rate's up, we're looking at what the research and, and you know, even the clinical um, you know, uh, examples are showing is that when you're doing these type of workouts, you could still look good from doing this. I mean, your time under tension is the big thing. I mean, if you're doing it and you're keeping the heart rate elevated and you're doing these motions over time and, and you're, and you're maintaining the work that time under tension, you know, yields the results. Mike Katz, I got a, uh, I got a question with the, uh, with the post rehab. What, what is the, um, what would you say the biggest injury is that you see in your clinic or your gym? Uh, easily backs and hips. Mm -hmm. Hips definitely are huge. Uh, get a lot of people that have multiple, you know, hip, hip replacements, hip surgeries, uh, and a lot of backs, which makes me happy because yeah, as I shared earlier in the show, like the back guy. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and not just, you know, not just because of that, because of they, they coined that, but because it's something that's, you know, kind of close to my heart in that way, you know what I mean? Sure. It's something that I've like had that personal experience with. I know how debilitating it is. I know how painful it is. Um, so when people come in, uh, you know, and I kind of share my story with them, you know, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, I'm a little bit like bashful about talking about it. Um, but you know, I actually do have a picture of my x-ray right there on the wall. So sometimes people will ask me about it naturally. Um, but people come to me for that, you know, you know, a lot of times it's backs and, and not just because 
because they heard, you know, from somebody that, you know, I'm good with that, but you know, golf, you know, in general, you got a lot of people that have, you know, strained backs. People don't realize they think golf is like a super easy sport, but here you are, you know, swinging a hundred times with your maximum force, um, you know, in, you know, through multiple planes of motion. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're not prepared to do that, like MSG brought up earlier, um, you know, then you can get into some trouble over time. Do you have uh, the nutrition and the diet conversation with your clients and how do you um, navigate that? So for me, I, I will get questions on things or um, sometimes you get a patient that comes in and, and says, oh, I lost a pound, you know, and it's just like, you know, in your mind, like you could go down a wormhole with this and how do we without making someone feel uncomfortable, but educate them in the right way. Like, I don't, I'm not, I know my lane, I'm a, you know, a DPT, but I have some basic knowledge and background as even one of my sponsors is a you know nutrition company. It's, you know, and a scientist who actually runs it. So I can guide them to the website and say, Hey, here's some great information. So you can understand like, what is a carbohydrate? What is a protein? What is this diet? What do these things do? But ultimately, you know, you, I would suggest consulting, you know, a dietitian, nutritionist, you have specific goals, but, um, you know, how do you navigate that? I mean, what type of conversations you have? Very, very carefully. Um, and I don't, I don't offer opinions. Um, so I don't, I don't come across it unless I'm approached with it. Um, so I'll give them some very general information, uh, just to, you know, Hey, when they leave the gym, Hey, make sure you get something healthy, you know, in your body, you know, rehydrate that kind of stuff. I'll keep it very surface level, but I won't offer any of my, you know, I won't, I won't say expertise, but I won't offer any of my advice, uh, unless they particularly approach me about it. Um, and like you said, you do get approached, approached often about it. And at that point, what I do, and I think it's, it's worked pretty well for me is I say, Hey, let's make an appointment and we can discuss this. So that way I set aside a specific time, you know, that we're going to sit down and we're not going to work out that we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about what your nutritional goals are, you know, what your habits are. Cause that's mainly what I do is I really focus on the, the healthy habits side of things. So I'm a nutrition coach. I'm not a dietitian. So it's very important that I start steering them in the correct vein as far as healthy behaviors and if they want to go in in more depth you know i do have a dietitian that i that i work with um that i just bring them into the fold and we've done projects together in the past nice. and we you know refer people back and forth to one another so you know i have that resource you know available to me if they want to kind of dive a little bit deeper um so that's that's important that they understand that and they understand the distinction um, but I really, really focus on, you know, giving them the basics, let them understand like the life skills, let them understand, like, you know, like you said, there's a lot of, you know, myths out there and there's a lot of things that nuances and you can go down that wormhole and there's so many easily, you know, slippery slopes where you can get into this conversation. Um, but, you know, I just, I, I just applaud them, you know, to, to answer your previous question. If they're, if they're happy about something, who am I to bring them down? You know, so that's kind of the way that, that I approach it. Like, all right, you know, let, you know, great work. Let's let's keep working. You know, if you need any more help with that, like, I'm happy happy to help you. We'll make a time. We'll sit sit down. We'll, we'll mm -hmm. kind of go in a little bit more depth of like the calories in, calories out, how we can, you know, get you to the next level. But like, I'm here for you as a resource if you need me. Is that conversation taking place in the evaluation? When you, I mean, I'm assuming that you take them through an evaluation. Yeah. So I do, I do take them through an evaluation and part of the paperwork, you know, is, is talking about what their goals are. So, I mean, if, if I see on there, you know, that, you know, weight loss is one of their main goals, then yeah, I'll, I'll approach the subject and I'll bring that up. 
But if they're just coming to me for, you know, they're, they're looking to, you know, shave some strokes off their game or they're looking to, you know, you know, that kind of thing, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out on a limb there and, and, and bring up, Hey, you should hire me for nutrition too. Um, you know, they came to me for a certain purpose. I try to stay focused on that. They see right there on my desk that, you know, that I do nutrition, you know, coaching. So, um, if that's something that they require, you know, we can kind of weave that into the conversation at a later point, you know, I'll drop hints here and there. If I feel like that's something that they might, you know, have value from like, Hey, you know, what, what do you, what do you eat before you go to the golf course? Or, you know, what do you eat while you're on the golf course? Uh, and I'll try to kind of get some information that way. Uh, anything that I didn't get from, you know, the entry onboarding forms, but, uh, yeah, I won't, I won't really bring up nutrition really in my initial sit down unless I feel like it's warranted. Yeah. I think, uh, the time I have to have a conversation is mostly even with, um, even some of like the high school athletes, you know, they're coming in and they're kind of slugging around. I'm like, did you eat before you came here? They, some of them haven't eaten since 10 yeah. in the morning. Yep. And I'm like, guys, you gotta do something like, well, what should I eat? So I'll kind of give them some like ideas of stuff. Um, but you know, I only really will give advice that I could back up with like truthful information. If it's something out of my scope, I usually say, you know what, like, I'm not an expert on this, but I could give you some general advice, like why this and what studies are showing. I could point them in the right direction of that. But I, I have that resource, you know, too. So, um, you know, I could provide them with that um, so they can have a better understanding. And they make a decision on themselves. But I think if they understand, like, because that's, that's part of it, too. You know, it's, it's hard because when you're dealing one-on-one -on -one with people, there's a lot of factors going in. Like if someone's not feeling well or getting better, like if they come to the therapy session and they just are not feeling great, we have to look at like, what could that be? You know? So it's hard not to pry into these other factors. Like maybe they had a really stressful day or something else going on. So you try to, you know, work with them with that, but it's kind of hard to ignore because, you know, it's just, it's not just cut and dry. You know, you're working with a human being here. And you're asking them to perform and do exercise. And it's not just as simple as like one, two, three, like, you know, a lot of these like insurance companies like to think it's like, Oh, you know, they're not getting better because you know, they're not putting effort in or the week or something. It's like, no, because there's all these other issues going on. You know, they just have other comorbidities or they have, you know, dietary issues too, where it's just hard for them to, to do stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot of other factors that fall into it. You know? It's a great point. Yeah. It could get really complex. And that, that's why the first thing that I ask people kind of when they walk in the door, or one of the first things I ask them is, is how you feeling today? Uh, and that's not just, you know, about, you know, physically that's you know, that's mentally, that's trying to figure out if they're, if they're tired, if they're fatigued, if they, you know, didn't get a good rest, if they say they stayed up all night stressing about, you know, about work, about something that's going on in their, in their personal life. All right. We're not, we're not lifting heavy today. We're not, we're not doing what I programmed today. We're going to, we're going to bring you down. We're going to, we're going to pull an audible here. Let's go in a different direction. And, you know, you know, that's, I think that's super important. Um, you, you know, you can't be rigid with these things. You know, like you said, you're dealing with a human being and, and you're at your whole purpose is to make them feel better. You know, it's to literally put just had that happen the other day. Yep. Yep. With the, with, yeah. with, with an athlete, they came in, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Mike. They, no, um, they, they came in and I had this whole program ready to go. You know, we were going to work pretty hard today. They looked drained when they walked in the door. Did you eat? I didn't really have a chance to eat much. I had a granola bar. I love that one. I had a granola yeah, yeah, bar. Yeah. Oh, good. So that, that, that ought to get you through the warm up. Um, you know, and at that point, we spent most of the time on mobility. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And I just, I said, you know what? And I finished, finished her up with a, um, just a, a, a bike ride on the stand-up bike, not even using the airdyne bike, less resistance, finished up with a two mile flush, you know? And I just thought, listen, th- you're right. I mean, you had this, you had this plan of action. You're ready to go for the day. And, you know, my questions, like I've said before, you know, what did you eat today? Are you hydrated? Had you just sleep last night? You know, like just simple questions as they're going through, because now those things are the trigger to go, Oh, okay. All right. Well, definitely not doing that. All right. Well, let's keep an eye on this. You know? So that, that's your, that's your checklist as you're going through. I bet she felt a heck of a lot better after she left. Right, Joe? Of course she did, Mike. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, listen, we get to this point in the show, and I do have um, I do have three questions for you. Um, and first question would be, um, what, are, what are some things now, or not some things, like let's pick one particular thing that might be keeping you up at night right now? Uh, well, up until a couple of weeks ago, it was everything that's going on with my house. Just got a, I just got a, a new house and there was all kinds of pieces that had to come together, man. There was, everything was happening. I had things in multiple places. I had, I had things that, you know, in storage, I had things at my work, I had things at my parents' house, I had things at my old apartment. Um, you know, what contractors are going to come in? Are they going to, are they going to come in in time for this next person to be able to do their job efficiently? Or is that going to screw everything up? Um, so man, that stuff would, oh man, that would really drain a lot of my energy and a lot of my thought presses go to bed at night, just sit there thinking about, Hey, is this going to get done? Is that going to get done? Uh, is this distracting me too much from my business? Um, you know, all these kinds of thoughts, like, am I, am I spending too much mental energy on that? So, I mean, that, that was a, a couple month long process there. Um, that really kind of, uh, you know, ate at me a little bit, you know, if I'm figuring out exactly how I'm going to, you know, get through this next thing and I'm going to, I'm going to move this appointment so I can go and let this contractor, you know, in and do his thing and all this kind of organizational stuff. Um, and just feeling that unsettled, you know, position where I don't know where everything was. Um, so that kind of stuff, um, that was the most recent. So up until that would definitely uh, keep me up at night. Yeah, yeah. So up until a couple <laughs> weeks ago, man, that's what it was. I feel so much better. I feel so much more settled, um, you know, and I can confidently say I've been sleeping pretty well. So nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, next question. I'm always intrigued by um, how people, again, like we talked about earlier, how they get to where they are um, listening to my mentors over the years, their success at their success habits. What are some, some of those success habits that you have? There's, there's a quite a few. Um, I guess I'll I'll start off with, uh, I'll start off with the kind of like management organization. Um, That's something that's super, super much of a struggle for me. I have, you know, ADD and I'm all over the place, man. Like I got 17 thoughts that are happening right now at, you know, while I'm sitting here talking to you guys. Um, So being it, being able to compartmentalize those things uh, is super important. So I have a couple different kind of like journals that I, that I go with. I have, obviously I have a task list of, you know, short-term, medium-term, long-term things that kind of get accomplished. But then I also have kind of like a daily 
you know, just thoughts, right? You know, something pops in my head and I, oh man, that would be a great idea for an article or, oh man, I really got to fix that, you know, on my website or, oh man, I really, I really wanted to change that person's program. Like, um, you know, to incorporate that, you know, that particular move, whatever, whatever it is, I'm going to lose it. Um, you know, if I don't write that down, that's gone, man. That's, that's, that's not coming back for, for weeks, weeks on end. So, uh, so I keep like a, kind of like a running book, you know, that, you know, that I write down, I jot the down running journal. Yep, exactly. So it's like, just like journaling and journaling is super important just to get your thoughts out, even if it's separate from work. Right. So just like writing in general, I feel like it's a super important success habit. It sounds like, it sounds like basic, you know, cause you think about like as a kid growing up reading and writing, but reading and writing, man, like, I feel like those are two of the top success habits that you can have inserting knowledge, you know, into what you already have. And now it's, now it's podcasts too, right? You know, it's, it's, it's this show, you know, it's, it's, it's anything, you know, that you can kind of enter knowledge into your mind. So I consider that a form of reading too, audio books, um, anything that you can kind of do to kind of add value there and to continue to grow and to enhance your thought process. Uh, so I would just say, as far as uh, main success habits, uh, reading and writing, you know, you know, expanding your knowledge, always looking at not just stuff from your industry, but other industries that you can apply to your industry, right? Uh, and then writing down, writing down your thoughts, writing down your feelings, writing down, you know, really cool ideas that you have, writing down task lists. Um, you know, I just find that those are, oh, those are really, really important things to kind of flesh out. You know, you might have these, these great thoughts that just, just by writing in your, your journal, just writing, you know, how you did that day or like what you thought about, it can almost be like meditational, uh, where you actually get to the root of, you know, something that's bothering you earlier. We talked about, you know, what goes on as far as stress management, how for the pandemic, nobody really talks about stress management, right? This is, could be a stress management tool where you get your, your, your thoughts and you get your feelings out there and you get them on paper and you realize, oh man, this is kind of what's bothering me. Uh, Cause sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we're just sad, like you said, Joe. Um, and you know, we don't know why. Um, so this could be something that can really, you know, enhance your success. Cause if you can understand yourself better, then that's just going to propel you further in life. Reading and writing. I love it. I want to have that in quotations there. Reading and writing. Yeah. I mean, listen, they're the two of the lost arts, right? I mean, I'm guilty of the, the reading part. Uh, I'd rather listen to a podcast. I'd rather watch a YouTube, you know, like an audio book. I just, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to use that. I won't say I can't. I elect not to, and I use other methods, but again, I'm still using those in a, in a certain fashion. Uh, yeah. I use I use my notes on my phone a lot more than I actually do writing things down. Uh, and I find that a lot, it's easy to be able to copy and paste things. And it's, it's easier for me to keep things organized. I felt like after writing things in a book sometimes, I mean, I have copy books of things, you know, dated back into, you know, 07, 06, you know, and I had X's through it when I, you know, either transferred it onto, you know, something, a hard, uh, yeah, like, super nuts. I probably have 400 notes in, in my phone. You know, I'll see something or a link, I'll copy it, you know, so I'll go back and I'll read it later on. So yeah, definitely the, the reading and writing, but just in a different format now. Yeah. I consider both of those reading and both of those writing. Right. I mean, you know, I, I love listening to audiobooks, and, and personally, I'm not a very fast reader. So sometimes I, you know, I will get frustrated or like I mentioned, ADD, I'll lose like focus. So sometimes 
those audiobooks are better for me. And I still consider that reading. You're still absorbing the knowledge. You're reading a book. You're just reading it. You know, everyone has different methods of learning, right? I mean, so I think that's super important to have your own strategy, whatever works for you. Number three, last one here. Your biggest obsession right now. What's your biggest obsession? What do you got going? Basketball, without a doubt. Really? Okay. Tell us more. I am a huge basketball head. I absolutely dive headfirst. I'm not doing anything as far as, you know, learning about my business or, you know, reading about training or anything like that. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about basketball. That's what I, that's what I'm thinking about, whether it's, you know, this March Madness coming up that we didn't have an opportunity to have it last year, man, that was, that was really, really tough. Uh, but I'm really excited for that this year. NCAA tournament is going to be awesome. Um, but NBA too, man, Sixers, they're first place in the East right now. Um, always been huge into basketball, coached basketball for a couple of years. Um, absolutely love it. Um, you know, love playing, love, love watching the game, love the strategy of it. Um, yeah, I'd say that's definitely an obsession for me. Interesting. Hey, listen, I worked with, this is a, this is a side note years ago. I worked with Harold Katz, the former Sixers owner. Are you related? We are not. I get that a lot though. I get it a lot. Well, you're from the area. I mean, he's from this area or, you know, at least I guess he shares some of his time here, but um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So you're not related. All right. Michael. Take us to the end of the show here. Wrap it up for us. So I've got to tell you guys, I'm going to be doing a blood flow restriction course. So I'm pretty pumped about it. My regional director sent me to leak us through um, Northeast seminars. Uh, that's with uh, Kevin Wilk and some other gurus, um, you know, physical therapists and stuff. I'm pretty familiar with that. The average person has no idea what the hell that is, but basically uh, blood flow restriction is um, investigating the ability to restrict blood to a certain area, exercising and looking at, the benefits of the return of the blood. So I'm going to take that course. It's an online thing. And then there's a lab uh, April 10th and they should send me some bands and stuff. So uh, we'll get more information on that. It'd be really cool to talk about that. We'll bring, bring on a podcast episode with that also. And I will also write an article on it. Um, we'll get that posted. So that's the latest update there. I forgot to say that, but Good yeah, stuff. man, I'll be pumped about that. Uh, but yeah, man, we always do this wrap up. Um, and like you said, Mike, you know, uh, looking at information. So, um, you know, sometimes reading is really daunting. I know for me, uh, I'm just way too busy that I fall asleep at reading. You know, it's just hard if I gotta, you know, I I'll read and dive into some research stuff, especially when I'm looking for things like for my articles and stuff like that. But, uh, I'm just, I just, you know, reading everyone's like, Oh, why don't you sit down and read? I'm like, I'm going to fall asleep. I got to be doing doing stuff. So I really like the podcast because I listen to it when I drive and I learn and I like listening to other people talk. And that's why we like doing this. Uh, We have three professions on here between us three. Um, Both of you have been a patient of mine. That's how we kind of even solidified more relationship. That's how I met Joe. That's how Mike and I got to know each other a little better. Um, it's one of those things where you try to build a good network and we're really trying to get some good information out there, um, and create this network where we can help people. Um, you know, it's, it's not a a political statement. It's just the truth that, uh, you know, our government and our country doesn't do anything to really educate well, you know, there's, there's bad narratives in the media. 
It doesn't matter how you feel politically as the truth. The media just doesn't do a good job at educating. They just put a narrative out for an agenda. And the way you combat that is you have to really dig and do your, do your diligence and try and do your own research. So like I'll, for example, encourage patients to, um, hey, you know, you, you're gonna get a surgery and that's where you're at. Do, you know, get multiple opinions, you know, talk around, ask around. Community is always very powerful, you know, um, and that's what's cool about our profession is we meet people, we learn things, you get referrals. And that's what we're trying to do here. That we build referrals amongst each other because you find a niche of people that really wanna do a good job and you want to get people involved in that because you want to try to make things better because there's too much of the crap out there. You know, there's a lot of people trying to scam. There's people that don't care. It's all over social media. You see people putting out programs, buy this, buy that. They just want to make the money. And then there's people out there where it's not just about the money. It's about getting things better and making life better. And if you do the right thing, you know, money and stuff like that will come. I know I'm willing to pay, you know, top dollar for quality. I mean, you see all this shit I have in my garage, it's quality. So I'm going to pay money for it because it's good. You know, you buy cheap, you get cheap. So I look for the same thing with people. When I meet somebody who wants a quality job and is going to really be invested in what they're doing, I attach to that. And when you naturally gravitate towards that, the people that are trash kind of float away on the outside. It just happens naturally. You know, you start mingling and, and interacting more with the people that are on the same wavelength as you. And then you push forward and you create this network. And that's really what we're trying to do here. We want to build a network of where we could really get people into the right care and the right things. So we don't have, you know, horrible stories. I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years and I have had a lot of patients that unfortunately have had horrible stories because they didn't know any better or they made bad choices. Um, and we really want to try to prevent that. I mean, there's just, we, like I said, we live in an age of information. So now it's trying to get people directed to the right information, the right resources. So that's what this is all about. So uh, we want to keep going forward and trying to help people get on the right track and, uh, you know, moving forward in the proper way. Yeah. Bingo. He says, it, agree more. He says it perfectly every time. That's why we let him wrap it up, folks. <laughs> he just, he just finds... He finds a way to just be so poetic. I just, I, I just love listening to the end of that. Um, and he finds a way always to kind of just tie it back in too. So listen, uh, if I'm a 47-year-old, uh, almost 48, or if I'm 80 and I'm looking to get uh, either my back rehab or I get better at golf, where would I find you, Mike? Yeah, so you can find uh, my actual facility at 114 Street Road in Southampton. Uh, it's right on the uh, the borderline of Southampton and Warminster, Bucks County, Montgomery County, right off of Street Road, right between 232 and Davisville. Uh, you can find my information at madfitlife.com. I'm on Instagram as Master Mike and then the letter L. And then I'm mad fitness on facebook nice msg where can we find you um on the gram at the honey badger underscore juicy that's where you could find all the great uh details of the workouts the podcast great, great stories great stories yeah we're gonna start getting fun with the stories again now that we're in the den and the weather's gonna be getting nice so look out for some props and some bullshit and just have some fun not everybody has to be serious no one cares how many reps you did have some fun with it all right 
probably a hundred other people did the same amount of reps you did. Calm down. Nice. I think people hey. take Graham all too seriously. Let's have some fun. That's right. Have some fun. Hey, I know that you don't like throwing your Facebook out there, but I know that you're big with the LinkedIn now. Where can they find you on LinkedIn? Yeah, I'm at Mike St. George on LinkedIn. I, I you know, actually had that uh, a long time ago and I just didn't really use it. And now I just re-upped it. Uh, we're going to start posting the articles, the podcasts, you know, networks on there. Um, it's just a good, you know, professional network. I like where it's at right now. It's a little bit more active than when I was first on there. I feel like it was kind of dead space when I was on there like years ago. Yeah. I wasn't really yeah. sure what I was doing with it. I'm not like a, it was more like a job website back then. Yeah, you know, yeah, trying yeah. To find a job. Yeah, now it's good networking. Um, some cool stuff on there. You get some cool resources to things. I, I noticed a lot of the products and people I follow post some cool stuff on there. Uh, Facebook is just is just trash. It's just a place for Russian and Chinese hackers to go and manipulate people. It really is. It's there you go, folks. You got it firsthand right there. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if I I'm thinking about shutting it down. I don't know. It's whatever. I don't. Instagram or LinkedIn. That's where. There I'm you at. go. Bang. <laughs> Mike Katz. I can't thank you enough. This is round two because, like I said earlier in the podcast, we tried last week and uh, we failed miserably. We tried and tried and tried. We ended up having a great hour conversation and it led back to this Thursday. And hopefully, as long as I don't screw anything up at the end here and hit any wrong buttons, we should be good. And I will have this out to everybody by Friday morning. Uh, you can find me at coach underscore Haas on the gram LinkedIn as Joe Haas. And then also uh, Facebook page coach Haas guys. I appreciate another Thursday night, another successful night. Uh, we're always learning here. This is, this is great stuff. Hopefully we'll get over, uh, you know, a million followers pretty soon. Mike, we're getting there day great by day. Guys. Mike, I'll talk to you soon. Mike Katz, thanks again. Appreciate you. Yeah. Pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Bye, man. Later.